loose ball. Ewing goes up. The basket counts. He gets it over to the doctor. Tie ball game. Here's a shot, Julius. He, he scores! He scores! Anthony for three. Bang! That one goes down, and the game is tied. Here is Durant moving on Tucker. He turns. He shoots. Yes! Talking Knicks, Nets, and all things across the association, this is Pick and Pod on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to another episode of Pick and Pod. Michael Calamari here, Miles Grossman, and Will Grant. A lot going on in the NBA right now. We're heading into this all-star break, but if you're in New York right now, I mean, it's a pretty exciting time considering what happened Wednesday night between the Knicks and the Nets, but both teams struggling. So we're going to get to that in just a bit. We're also going to talk about the Lakers and their game over the Utah Jazz, the big win from behind led by LeBron James. We're also going to get into some predictions for the all-star break, our three-point shooting contest picks, dunk contest picks, and our picks for the all-star game. But before all of that, Will, how you guys doing? Miles, how you guys doing? Right, we'll be here. I, uh, you know, nothing like talking some NBA on a nice uh, Friday evening. So I'm excited. Or Thursday evening, excuse me. <laughs> Thursday, yeah. It's a good night to talk basketball. Uh, Knicks and Nets not doing too well. And let's see what we can talk about to maybe encourage them to fix it. Yeah, I, I want to start there. That's a, a great starting point. Wednesday night, Knicks versus the Nets. Knicks up by 28 points in that game in the second quarter before blowing that lead and getting defeated by the Nets 111 to 106. Just, you know, a really tough loss for this New York Knicks team, considering how much they've been up. This is the third time this month they've blown a 20-plus point lead. Will, I want to start with you. You know, where do the Knicks go from here? And, you know, did you see anything in that game Wednesday night that gives you a better understanding about this team season? Look, I mean, right now we're 12th in the East, 25 and 34 record, only behind, only in front of the Pacers, Pistons, and Magic. And they're all experiencing a, a huge rebuild. So it's kind of embarrassing at this point to be that deep in the East. Like last year, we were the four seed. So right now for Knicks fans, we're experiencing something where we don't even want to turn on the TV anymore to, to watch them. So, I mean, right now they're 27th in the league for points per game, 29th or second to last in assists per game. We need to get the ball passed a lot more. We need to be patient and we need to, you know, calm down. And our leading scorer is averaging 20 points a game. It's hard to believe that, but uh, he's, you know, Julius Randle's got to step up. I love his game, but he's got to step up. Last night, I know he had 31. He really put on a show, but, you know, they're going to have time over the break. The next the next uh, opponent they got is uh, they got the 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 heat out in uh, out in Miami on the 25th and they're expected to have RJ come back. So let's see what they can do with RJ and maybe work him in and get more passes around. I, I emphasize that assist thing because it is so important to be patient. And, you know, RJ is really going to help facilitate that when he gets back, I believe. So not not sure. What do you what do you guys think? You know, you mentioned they're right down there with the rebuilding teams. And to be honest, the Knicks are just as uh, much of a rebuilding team as they are. I mean, with the, you know, they have these veterans um, leading them, you know, in, in Kemba. And I guess Randall's a bit of a veteran himself, but they've they've tanked their value over, over the course of the year. And it, um, it I, I personally expected them to kind of commit to the to the rebuild a little bit more at the deadline and try and flip those veterans. Obviously they kind of froze up at the deadline, didn't get anything done, but they put themselves in a tough position with, uh, with, you know, doing so poorly that even the veterans don't have much value at at the deadline. And that it's a tough position, but 
you know, like you said, they're down there with the, with the, you know, rebuild teams and they are a rebuild team. And now it, it, it's, it's super obvious that it's time to flip the veterans and, and fully commit to the rebuild with, you know, RJ and, and hopefully Reddish and Grimes stepping up as the young core for the future. But it's obvious this is now a rebuilding Knicks team. Yeah, I, I think it's really interesting place the Knicks are in. You know, you kind of feel like you're caught in between you're shooting for the lottery and you're trying to still get in the play. And I think that's the mm-hmm. beauty of the play and that it keeps a lot of those teams that would usually yeah. tank a reason to still try to win for games. And I think that's what makes the, dra- the trade deadline even more peculiar. I thought it would make sense for them to try to deal some of those veteran players, like you were saying, Miles, open up these rotation spots for the guy, Cam Reddish, who you traded a first-round pick to get. And he seems like he's just not in that rotation. He's forced into the lineup when he plays. And even guys like Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, I think these are guys that got to be playing more. And even if you're trying to, you know, develop players, you know, for the next few seasons, they need to get more minutes now. But if you're still shooting for the playoffs, the only reason why I think you don't trade Alec Burks or you don't trade Kemba Walker, basically just to free up spots is you're still shooting for that play. in so that's where I'm like, I'm a little torn. This Knicks team doesn't really, I think they're not on the same page on where they want to be. I think the expectations were so high entering this season. You get Kemba Walker, you get Evan Fournier. You think that, oh my God, we were a playoff team last year. Now wow. we add these, we had a Kemba Walker, former all-star, and we're bringing Evan Fournier, a three-point deadly shooter. And it's just not been the case. You think you would be better with those two signings. And, you know, it's not, it's been anything but for the Knicks. And, you know, you got to start to think what kind of changes will they make? I think a lot of people are already talking about Coach Tom Thibodeau. This has been something, you know, if you're a Knicks Twitter guy, it's been all over for a while, and I think it's starting to creep into the front office. I think he knows it as well. And, Will, I'll go back to you. Do you think there's a chance we can see Coach Tom Thibodeau gone? Or if not, what kind of changes do you expect this Knicks team to make? Look, Thibodeau, it's it's hard to really assess him because he has his own way of coaching, and he's pretty stubborn about it uh, overall. So mainly he's going to keep the players in that he thinks are playing well at that very second. And sometimes you won't really see anybody get off the bench because he has so much confidence in that one player. Now, in terms of the front office, I'm not sure exactly what they could do. I feel like Thibodeau was a great, great hire at the beginning of the, or at the beginning of the season and everybody really was on board, but Mike, you being at these games, uh, I have a question. Your, your B reporting, how is the energy with the crowd and how are they feeling about the Knicks in the recent games where they're just not looking like the regular Knicks that we saw last year go to the four seed and like go on that explosion in the middle of the season that would be happening right now? Yeah, I'm well, that's, a, that's actually a really good question because so I'm at the game, you know, Wednesday night, Knicks, Nets, and you expect that place to be, you know, rocking and you got to think it's got to be, you know, 90, 10 Knicks fans. But I'm not sure if you guys saw Kevin Durant's tweet where he was joking about, like, so he, like, tweeted out something like, yeah, Nets fans are loud in the bark. Oh, Garden tonight. Like, he was going to say Barclays. I'm going to tell you, when the Nets tied it up with the Cam uh, Thomas mid-range jumper, that place was loud. And it was loud for the Nets. Like, I was not expecting that. And another thing I noticed was, like, the Knicks bench is sitting in these final minutes of the game. They're all sitting. Nets bench, all standing. Ben Simmons, Kevin Durant, they're all standing. Kevin Durant's basically on the court on the other side of it, trying to watch the play on the other end. And you just don't get that energy out of the New York Knicks team. And this is a Nets team that had lost 11 straight heading into this week. And then they get two wins now back-to-back with the Kings and now with the Knicks. But this is a Nets team that's in a very similar position to the Knicks team. But 
they still have that hope. They know Kevin Durant's going to be coming back. They know they get Kyrie for away games and they know they have Ben Simmons. They still have a reason to win games. And the Knicks, it doesn't feel like there's the fight there. Before they had the fight, they were trying to win every game because they wanted to prove something by getting into the playoffs. And I feel like for them, that doesn't seem like enough. They want to be a team that really can contend. And it's it's hard if you're a Knicks fan, like you're rooting for them to win. All right, we win. We're what? One game closer to the 11th seed? Like we're mm-hmm. still on the outside looking at the play-in, which is 9-10. You know, what are you even fighting for? And it's just you had so high expectations entering the season and to be a 12 seed entering the all-star break, you know, you can say as much as you want about it takes time to gel. We were in a similar position last season. This is not the start they wanted. And will to go back to your question, the energy is lacking. And I think when you think about Knicks basketball, you think about Madison square garden, you think about the energy every game by the players, by the fans. And it's disappointing. I don't think this team is there right now. No, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, it, it, it does. It's a it's not it's where any Knicks fan expected to be. I think we all expected uh, that last year was, you know, a, the ceiling for this Knicks team in a way. I don't know if anyone expected them to gain that much, even with the, the veterans coming in. But the, the point you touched on about Tom Thibodeau, to me, they're, they're lucky to have Thibodeau leading them through what this has become a rebuilding era for the Knicks. I think, you know, it, for this rebuilding era, you need a, a respectable head coach, a veteran head coach, someone that you know that the players are going to respect day in and day out. And let's say the Knicks were to get rid of Thibodeau. I don't know who they bring in who would be have like a more commanding presence who could turn this year around in any sort of way. And even if, let's say, yeah, let's say you did get rid of Thibodeau, it's like you, you, you got the same roster with the, you know, your players make plays. I don't know if, if getting rid of Thibodeau really, really changes the Knicks trajectory all that much. And for the future with these young guys, I think it's nice to have a, a Thibodeau around to, you know, for them to, for them to grow and, and really understand defensive basketball. Yeah. I think when I think about the new head coach for the Knicks, I don't have a name in mind, by the way, but the thing that's always, you know, been a little concerning about me, uh, me and coach Tom Thibodeau, just about him as the future for the Knicks is that, there is a lot of pieces, I think, on this Knicks team that could be serious offensive threats. You think about R.J. Barrett, what he could be, Emmanuel, quickly. You know, even Obi Toppin, I think, has become a much better scorer this year compared to last season. But, you know, Coach Tom Thibodeau is really a team basketball guy and a defensive guy. This is a Knicks team, 25, uh, 25th offensive rating in the NBA. Do you bring in a coach that can really develop R.J. Barrett, Emmanuel, quickly into, like, offensive threats? And maybe that's not at the head coaching position. Maybe you bring in guys that can do that as a bench coach, as an assistant mm. coach. But, you know, if I'm the Knicks, as much as I love the defensive attitude of winning games, you know, it's score. It's a, this is NBA is, is dominated by scoring and you need scores to compete. And, you know, for me, I, I think there needs to be someone in that Knicks locker room that can really work to develop RJ Barrett. Cause I don't think he's there yet as much as Knicks fans want to think he's there. I don't mm. think he's there yet. And I think Emmanuel quickly has serious potential, although he lacks consistency. That's who I'm going for if I'm the next. I want someone in that locker room that can really make a difference with these offensive scores. Because if you think about the next problem, and in my and you know, when I think about it really is the defense always really shows up, at least most of the time. But sometimes this team is clawing, scratching, trying to find any way to score the basketball. So I mean. That's that's where I'm going with with this Knicks, you know, future. I think they really need to get someone in there that can develop these scores. And I'm not all in on going in the offseason and trying to get a huge piece. 
you know, trying to get a huge star because I still think this Knicks team needs time. And we saw what happened. We, you get two free agents, Kemba Walker, Evan Fournier in the offseason. Not that much happened with this team. You really need to work with what you got. You need to develop them. And then you got to make it ready for that star. It's always been the problem with the Knicks. They have not built their team ready to get that big star. I mean, it's a very tough situation for the Knicks. And I think it's going to come down to what happens after the all-star break and what direction they go. And I guess one last question would be, does this Knicks team have any chance at least for a play-in that's top 10 in the East? Or is there even more than that? Could they sneak in to the top eight, conceivably get a home play-in or a playoff spot? Will, I'll start with you. I, I totally understand where you'd want to go to take the route of, you know, tanking and, you know, potentially getting that, that good pick. But honestly, at this point, I think you hit it right on the head when you said development. The word development really resonates with me when I watch these Knicks. You have, Quint, or, uh, you have Quentin Grimes, uh, you got Emmanuel Quickly, you got Obi Toppin, and you got so much potential within each of them. And these veteran guys got to push them to, you know, they're, they're doing their thing, but you, they got to push them to work as a team and get everybody involved. I hate seeing these games where, you know, you get somebody like Alec Burks, maybe dropping 25 points and then Evan Fournier, Evan Fournier only having about three or four or five, you got to get everybody in the mix. And it's not just one night where one person's hot, one person's feeling it. Everybody's got to do their thing. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we should really work towards getting in that that play in tournament. I know it was very scary last year with Trey Young. Absolutely. A, like, the, uh, I don't even want to talk about that. You know, five <laughs> game series. we got destroyed. We really thought that we, were, we had something going. But I think that if the Knicks just put their head down and go at the end of the season and he- everybody healthy, we could we could see something happen in this play in. I'm going to take the cynical approach approach and say that they don't really have a chance to be honest. Um, I wouldn't say that it makes sense to really tank with this, uh, with this young core. It's like you, you, you want to give them the valuable experience of what it, what it means to be a winner, what it means to, to win games in the NBA with any sort of consistency. So I don't think it makes any sense to tank. I just, I just, if I'm being honest, I don't really see, I don't really see how they turn it around. It's, it's, it's such a dense East, you know, even if they're really bottom feeders at this point in the East down there with the complete, you know, acknowledged rebuild. And it, it just wouldn't make sense to, you know, consider them a, a, a legitimate threat, especially with, you know, the, the powerhouse teams that we see in the East. So I'm going to go with the simple answer is no, I don't think they have a shot. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go with, I, I somehow see this Knicks team as crazy as this season has been, like a 10-seed play-in. Like, I totally see – I could flip it on the channel in two months and watching the Knicks have a play-in game against, like, the Washington Wizards. So, I think that might be close to their ceiling. Making it into the playoffs through the play-in, I think, would be their ceiling. But if I had to say right now, I think they're a 10-seed at the end of the season. It's generous. Uh, it is. I've really, they're 12 right now. It's really generous. I mean, they're like five games below 500. So that's where, that's where I'm going to put them right now, but we're going to have to wait and see, you know, we talked a lot about the Knicks, but I want to transition to the team. They played Wednesday night from Brooklyn, the Nets. I know last week we talked about the Ben Simmons trade with James Harden, but we got to see two new players in this Nets lineup, Andre Drummond, Seth Curry coming into the full Seth Curry. He had 20 points Wednesday night. So he's already making his presence felt and you know this Nets team since making the trade Ben Simmons hasn't even touched the floor they look like they're starting to turn the corner after losing 11 straight games and Miles I want to go with you 
you know, should we still consider the Nets the favorites in the East? And if not, with this new trade, where do we rank them in the conference? I wouldn't say they're the favorites. I think they have to be top three. It's interesting. I, I don't love the addition of Ben Simmons personally. I, I'm not sure about this, to be completely honest, but I believe Ben Simmons is not vaccinated, meaning Ben Simmons cannot play. I, I would have to look that up. I mean, I'm, I, I don't know why I believe that. I think he's a quiet anti-vaxxer, I guess. I guess because I didn't 100% research that. I feel like the only reason I would say that's not the case mm-hmm. is because the Nets must have known that when they uh, made that deal. See, that's why. That's it, it, I'm, it, it, I see the report. Team. Simmons reportedly reported to the 76ers unvaccinated in Octo- October, but his status has changed. So I guess he, ch- he changed his status. Uh, he knuckled under. Okay, got you. Because I, I guess do I see the report. As of two weeks ago, he has gotten vaccinated. Wonderful. Okay. I, I just associated him with the NBA anti-vax movement early on. So I wasn't, I guess that has changed similar to Andrew Wiggins. So I shouldn't say that, but uh, you know, Ben Simmons, obviously, you know, he, he's a six, seven point guard who can facilitate really well, play great defense. Potentially it's a great fit. It's all about, you know, they, they've got these three divas on their squad. You know, it's like what see these Twitter posts about like, Oh, what, what could take this team down? Uh, you know, a vax card, uh, you know, <laughs> It's just like the simple, it's the simple method. That's funny. The, uh, it, I don't know. I, I definitely don't think that the, that the Nets have like the, the, the championship mentalities. And I don't think that they're going to end up winning the East. Um, I don't know. I just don't see, uh, you know, it's, it's the personalities. It's the mesh. I don't see them having what, what it takes this season. I think teams, you know, it's like the quiet teams, like the box players who, who know how to play their role and, and talented guys who, stay within their role in, in teams is have a better chance than, you know, star studded teams like the Nets stacked with Divas. Yeah. I mean, the Nets are in, in an eight seed in a very competitive East right now. And, you know, they're coming off a two game or an 11 game losing streak a, a few, few days ago, a few games ago, but Seth Curry last night was something else, man, 20 points. And more importantly, his plus minus was 27 plus. So, Jesus. you know, when Patty, when Patty Mills can't show up, I mean, they're, they're lucky to have Seth. That was a great, great pickup. And Aldridge did his part last night. I'm talking about right now with, with you know, the, the stars out, with Kyrie, KD, and Ben Simmons out. Um, you know, I can't really tell what they're going to do. I don't know how they're going to mesh, how they're going to gel, what the chemistry is like with them. But Aldridge last night, 18 points, 10 rebounds. He came up huge. And these two, Curry and Aldridge, they need to do their part at the moment. And also Griffin's tenacity is just fantastic. He leads the league in uh, drawn offensive fouls. Um, And Cam Thomas, as you said before, you know, coming up huge, hitting that dagger. I I think they're in a good spot right now. If they're going to stay in this eight spot right now with what they're working with, that's very impressive. So when they get those three back on the court, you know, Kyrie is a whole different issue. And you just said Ben Simmons is back, uh, has the vaccine now. Um, it's really, you can really only go up from here. Yeah, I really agree that. I love the points you made about Aldridge. You know, he hit some huge shots. His mid-range game is still there. And, you know, when I think about what, I, what I'll need in the post game is you need someone to hit a big shot that might not be KD or Kyrie. You need that kind of player there. I like the experience Blake Griffin brings. Cam Thomas, I mean, 16 points in the fourth quarter speaks for itself. He was terrific in that game against Knicks, and he does not shy away from the moment. I think the Nets have a real special talent on their hands there. I I like this Nets team. I really do. Now, I think a bit of the problem, obviously, is just their current, you know, 
seeding, their current place in the standings. They're not going to have home field a lot. You got to avoid that play-in. You know, I, if I'm thinking about it, you have to be top, top six, maybe five or four, but there's some really good teams in the East, Sixers, Bucks, Heat. You've got to think those are in the top. Cavaliers have been playing great basketball. I think you can sneak in right there, maybe edge out the Cavs. So there you, you start getting that place, you know, how much ground can the Nets make up? But one thing's for sure, when Katie's on the floor, when Simmons is on the floor and Kyrie's on the floor and we get bringing all that talent we just talked about, we saw at the Garden Wednesday night, mm. this is going to be a tough, tough Nets team. Who wants to see the Nets in the first round of the playoffs? And you know, Yeah, that's, that's the big thing. That's my takeaway. Whenever I try to make, you know, I think about a team, do I, would I want to play them if I'm their coach? And I, and I would not want to play the Nets in the first round. So for One me. One last point about those Nets. Yeah, you said, sorry to interrupt. The, you, you said the home court advantage. You know, I, I've heard a lot of people saying that maybe they're going for not home court advantage so that they can get Kyrie playing. Oh, really? Funny stuff. Like they could Wait get him playing second. more. If they're playing less at Brooklyn in those home playoff games. So if they're away, there's a better chance they go up 2-0. I mean, that's like next level thinking. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think there could be some. I know there's been some reports with New York City Mayor and uh, Adam Silver. So I, I, I think there could be a chance they lift the rules hmm. come playoff time. But listen, that's kind of smart. If I'm the Nets and I have a way, and listen, if I have a game seven away, I'd rather that than home without Kyrie. In the Barclays, too, you know? So that's a great point. And uh, it's going to be fun. I think this East is definitely one of the best we've seen in a while. And we're getting to the point where it could even be better than the West. And I want to transition that into one of the Western teams we saw the other night, Wednesday night. If you're watching Knicks Nets on ESPN, night game ended. You got another game on your hand, Utah Jazz and the Lakers. The Lakers edged that one out. LeBron James being enormous for the Lakers and Russell Westbrook playing some great basketball for them as well. Will, I want to start with you. What did you see from that game? Do you think the Lakers are back? Like, do you think they're serious contenders again, or do you think that was just one game? And I also want to get your thoughts on, you know, the Anthony Davis injury, obviously him going down with the ankle injury. We don't have much news on that, but how much could that change this Lakers team? Look, I'll get to Anthony uh, or Davis after, but, um, You know, you got LeBron last night. He really put on a show. He's unbelievable. He's averaging 29 points a game, eight rebounds, six assists, a steal and a block. And if he keeps it up and if he he keeps playing like this, and he literally has, everyone keeps saying that if he keeps playing like he does and he just keeps doing it, it's unbelievable. So you know how old he is. And considering that fact, it's crazy that he's putting up these numbers still and carrying a team like he did last night. He had three threes in the, in the last three minutes that were so unbelievably clutch. After that, had to go dap up his boy who just won the Super Bowl. Respect to him on the sideline. Aaron Donald, yeah. Aaron Donald, baby. But you got AD who – if you guys saw that injury, I don't know if you did. It was – it looked awful. It looked Yeah, like, it, it looked – and, you know, when you're that tall, it's just so – you got so much weight on top of that ankle. It's not like me rolling my ankle and, like, the – in the intramural basketball gym where it's like, yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> like it's Anthony Davis. It's a little different. Yeah. So that's a catastrophic blow. He's putting up 23 points a game, 10 rebounds and, you know, losing him is de- detrimental, but you got to think about Deandre and D- Dwight. They're both averaging just five points a game and they played fairly well last night when they needed to come in and pick up for Anthony Davis being out. Um, you know, they, they got to step up and understand how vital their role finally is for this team right now. And, you know, it doesn't look good for Anthony Davis, but those two can really start picking up their their points and, and you know, do their thing. 
But Westbrook, uh, I, I, I disagree with you. Uh, I think he's a very padded stat player. I know that's very cliche. Yeah. You get that a lot. But, you know, he, he's he's putting up 18, 8, and 7 with four turnovers. That's the big thing. He's also a 66% free throw shooter, which is just terrible. I mean, you, you can't you can't be a 66% free throw shooter in the NBA as a point guard. It's just, it's just embarrassing. So, you know, with those four turnovers, considering that, he's got to take care of the ball and working work on getting rid of it for, you know, Monk and Braun. I love Monk. He's playing really well. He's, he's averaging about 13 a game. So if they can get them and Dwight and DeAndre, like I said, getting buckets in the paint, then, you know, I really think that they have a chance to get back in this. And LeBron, too, you know him, zero dark 30, you know, suited up. He, he's he's the real deal, man. And I think that they could really just just like the Nets. It's, it's only up from here. Yeah, and it's obvious, you know, this Lakers team has so much talent. We haven't yet seen the near the ceiling at all. And it's, it's really been crazy to see Russell Westbrook having by far one of his worst years in recent history. You know, it's just like, you, you see him go out there some nights, you know, he has these, these 0 for 10 nights, these, you know, missing every free throw. It's, it's unbelievable. Something you haven't seen from, you know, a past MVP caliber player, you know, so it's kind of shocking to see him join with these stars in LA and just have an abysmal year so far, obviously last night, you know, had a much better night, something that I'm sure we'll see from him the rest of the year. He, he's not going to play like that in, for an entire season. He's Russell Westbrook, for goodness sake. You know, he's not going to underperform like that. And, you know, in regards to AD, it, it, it's sad to see it, the most injury-prone player in the NBA continue with this with this stuff. It's like, you know, it, it's tough from the Lakers' perspective because it almost makes, you know, AD's a bad value player right now. It's like, how can you blame him? But, but, but at the end of the day, he's not playing games for you. He's not playing games for you. And it, it, obviously, it would, it would be disheartening for the Lakers if, if he were to be out a prolonged amount of time. But, you know, like you said, the injury looks scary. And I wouldn't be all that surprised to see him out, you know, another, another three to four weeks. And it's just, you know, that's the AD storyline for, for a number of years now. You know, he's not, he's not seeing many minutes, many games in the NBA. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with the, that the Lakers are not back in any way. I think that, you know, obviously there's so much talent and so much potential there, but it doesn't seem to be, you know, gelling the way that the Lakers expected. There's, you know, there's so many veteran faces there. There's one basketball and, you know, and a number of them have underperformed. And even if that changes, which I'm sure it will in the end of the year, I don't see the Lakers as a legitimate contender in the West. Yeah, I feel like we're in a very similar situation. We were with the Lakers last season where, you know, they were, ended up playing the Suns. They had to do the play-in tournament to get into the playoffs. And then they had to play the Suns. And we all thought, oh, Lakers are still favorites. And then it didn't happen. And mm-hmm. I still think we're kind of in that mode where it's like, well, oh, they got LeBron James, they'll be fine. But when you're a nine seed in the West, you, you're not, you can't, that's not going to cut it. And, the Lakers have to be top six. They cannot be in the play-in tournament again if they want a chance to even advance out of the first round. If you draw the Suns, if you draw the Warriors, then that's not going to end well for you. If you're the sixth seed going up against the Grizzlies, you know, I don't, I don't hate the Lakers in that. I think the same thing would be if the Jazz is a four and if you're the five. So that's my big thing with this Lakers team. If you get into the playoffs in the top six and you avoid the play-in, then I like their chances. They're going to have to go on a bit of a run at the second half of the all-star break. And I think they're going to have to get creative with how they use Russell Westbrook. I've been a big believer ever since he joined the team that he pairs better with the second unit than he does with the starters. He can run free with the second unit. He could be the predominant ball handler. He can go coast to coast, play all out. 
But when he's with the first unit, I don't think the tempo with him and LeBron James matches up great. I think they don't, they have contrasting playing styles. They don't coexist amazingly. And without Anthony Davis, you're going to need some scoring when LeBron's on the court. So I think it's even more imperative that you get Russell Westbrook into that second unit as best as you can. If I had to say right now, I think there's reason to believe the Lakers are back. I really thought they were amazing in that game against the Jazz. I really think it showed how good they could be in crunch time when they've got all that star talent on the floor at the same time. Reeves with the big jump shot. Malik Monk, he's been playing great. And then LeBron and Westbrook. I think Westbrook's, Westbrook's going to be a real key for them because obviously, Will, you noted his struggles shooting percentages and at the free throw line. So I think he's going to be a big key. But I like this team better where they were last year, but I still need to see him in the top, top six before I can call him any sort of contender. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I, I personally, I just don't see him as a contender. And, it, and it's tough because obviously when you put this, you know, when you put this together in the offseason, it was like, this is a win now team. You know, you, you recruit all these, all these prior all-stars for a reason. And it's, it's super disappointing, must be disappointing for Rob Palenka and everyone in the, in the Lakers front office, because they, they concocted this experiment at the beginning of the year. Like they're really cooking something up. Like this is, this is potentially one of the greatest teams in the past five years with all this, all this talent. I mean, you know, on paper, obviously look at the names. And so you just would never expect, you know, currently not solidified their, high seating in the West. No one would have ever predicted this. So it, it, it's truly tough. I want to end this uh, episode of pick and pod with the little all-star predictions, obviously all-star weekend ahead of us dunk contest, three point contest and the all-star game. So we're going to wrap this episode up in about, you know, five or so minutes, but I want to get your guys predictions. We're going to start with the dunk contest. Will, I'll go to you. Who do you like in that? Uh, I mean, you know, got to go for the hometown kid, Obi. Uh, you know, he could really do some crazy stuff. We've seen in games. He's uh, famous for the East Bay in college, mid-game at Dayton. Um, you know, he's he's fantastic. And, you know, Cole Anthony, too. You got to watch out for him. He's a New York guy, too. And he can really slam. I follow him on his Instagram, his stories every day. He's really been getting ready. So, I mean, if you got money and you want to put it on somebody, I'd say Cole. But I'm going for, for Obi for now. Yeah, Obi sure is athletic. I'm, I'm excited to see him, um, you know, really make an impact in the dunk contest. That'll be fun to watch. But I'm going to go with the absolute kid in this context, the 2002 baby, Jalen Green, um, Fresno, California product. Uh, you know, Jalen Green, it's like, you know, it, it, he's electric. There's not, not a lot of guys out there, and he's so young. I'm just it, – it's crazy how young he is that, you know, it, it's just hard not to root for him. I'm going for Jalen Green. I think he has a, a legitimate chance, too, and for years to come, for sure. I was between Jalen Green and Obi Toppin. I was not going to go <laughs> Obi. If you did as well, I didn't want to make it a consensus, but I'm going to go Obi Toppin. I kind of like the idea that, you know, he's, uh, you know, he's not a guard. He's got that kind of size, and we know the hops. I mean, just from being at the garden, you, he gets out of the building when he goes up there. So I'm taking Obi Toppin. I think it's a, a pretty clear pick for me. Moving on, three-point contest. This is probably my favorite of the three, personally, because I think it's easy to play it as hard as you can because you're not risking injury or anything. Uh, and, uh, Miles, I'll go to you. Who's your uh, three-point pick? As a little bit of a dark horse, I see this right here at plus 950 on C.J. McCollum. That seems nice. Obviously, C.J. McCollum's quite the shooter. If I were to, you know, really be a gambler, C.J. McCollum, nine, 9.5 times your cash right there. Someone I also like is absolutely, uh, you know, the two, 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 I guess they are the favorites. Patty Mills and Fred Van Vliet, both two shooters, two guys. Fred Van Vliet, I guess, 
which is, is the most logical pick, you know, an absolutely reliable shooter. But my dark horse, my pick, CJ McCall. Uh, I'm going to have to go with Trey. I mean, you know, he's got ice in his veins. He can shoot like nobody else. Uh, Luke Kennard, too. He, he's he's a great shooter. If you guys have seen him lately, uh, he's been tearing it up for the Clippers, a, a much a much needed uh, boost for the Clippers right now with PG and Kawhi out. Um, but right now I'm going to take Trey and my second one would probably be uh, Kennard. Two good picks there. I'm looking at the board and I, I like Zach Levine. You know, I, I think he's a really interesting pick. He's got that experience three-point shooting contest mm-hmm. before, if I'm, if I'm right. He has done it before, correct? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. He, he does bring that to the table. And, you know, he's a legit three-point shooter. And I, I'm, there's something inside me that says Zach Levine's your guy. So that's what I'm going with. Before we round out this episode and end it, uh, I want to give the All-Star break, you know, some love. I think past few years, ever since they've incorporated the draft, there's been some level of excitement. And then adding in the playing to a point total, I think has been so good for the game. You think back to that one year when I think Anthony Davis was sent to the free throw line to win. Before then, it was like you were on the edge of your seat watching that. They were going full tilt to try and win it. So I definitely think that adds a lot of excitement. Will, I'll go to you. Team LeBron, Team Durant, obviously no Durant on the floor for his team, but we did see um, him draft his own team. But if you had to pick between the two, who are you taking? Uh, I'd probably go with Team LeBron for now. I mean, you know, I just praised LeBron a little bit uh, in the last segment, so I'll lay off him a little bit. But, uh, you know, you got Giannis, uh, unbelievable. And, you know, he got Steph. He's he's taking a, uh, a backseat right now, and he's not as hot as he was, but, you know, he still does his thing. He's Steph Curry, but I think Jokic is really going to tie things together. He's really going to get get things going. He's a terrific passer. He'll find Curry, DeRozan too. I mean, he's just scoring. He's going crazy. I, I think I saw a stat. He had he had some some number of games in a row with thirty five points. I, I think it was eight or so, and it, it just shows. I'm really happy for the city of Chicago. You know, this this is much needed for them, and uh, you know, Levine too, obviously with them. So I'll, I'll go team LeBron. I'm going to go with Team Durant, a bit of a dark horse, I feel like. I mean, I know that, you know, it's hard to bet against the big three and, you know, if you have LeBron, Steph, and Giannis. But I think, you know, when when you have super, superstars like that, like world-renowned superstars, you can see a bit of complacency in the All-Star game. They've been here before. They've seen them before. Not that much enthusiasm. On the other hand, Durant, more the, the under-the-radar radar All-Stars, just, just slightly. So I think, you know, we'll see a little bit more passion out of Team Durant, out of the gates. I see them. I see them winning. I'm going to go uh, Team LeBron. Just, you know, his team seems so stacked when I'm watching the draft. And it's like, he got Giannis. It was like every player he seemed like he was getting. Uh, without a doubt, the better, uh, the best team that I saw picked in a couple of years. So I'm going Team LeBron. It's pretty easy for me. But that's going to do it for this episode of Pick and Pod. Super excited for this all-star weekend next week, we're going to give you our reactions to the all-star weekend. We're also probably going to preview a little second half of the NBA before we head into playoffs, but that's going to do it for myself, Michael Calamari, Will Grant and Miles Grossman. Have a great night. Everyone pick a pod is a production of WFEV sports. Mm-hmm.